Anyways, I'm James, if you haven't already figured that out. Um, the youth pastor here. But uh, Doug's and his family are in uh, Disney World today, so that's why he's not here. Um, okay, so a few months back, um, I ordered this book online um, from this guy I listened to on the radio, Glenn Beck. Is anybody familiar with Glenn Beck? Okay. I, I like Glenn Beck. Um, but anyways, uh, he's been advertising this book last fall um, all the time. He was talking about how proud he was of this book, and uh, I decided that I wanted to to pre-order some because he said that if I ordered two copies, pre-ordered two copies, that he would uh, he'd make them leather bound like this here, and he would send one to our troops. So I was like, oh, that sounds great, you know. And uh, I like Glenn. I mean, I trust trust him to say profound things and. Uh, as far as my belief system goes, a lot of what Glenn says I agree with and uh, gets me excited about what's going on and sometimes depressed about what's going on. But anyways, I pre-ordered these books, and uh, they came in the mail a few weeks later, and this is, I think I ordered them in October and uh, finally got them about the first week of November. I was excited to get them. I didn't know how good this book was, though, and uh, or even that much about the book. I knew that it was... Uh, that Glenn was excited about it, but I really didn't, I didn't know, you know, what the book was about. And I'll show you the book here. I can get it out of the copy here. This book right here, right? So I knew that, uh, I knew he was excited about it. And so I was pretty excited about it as well. And, but I really didn't know what it was about. I just trusted, you know, Glenn wrote it and he was excited about it. And I knew that it was a novel and I usually don't like novels, but I was excited about it. And, uh, I set it up for both of these books to be given to somebody, uh, somebody important to Amanda and me, because uh, I really thought, you know, that this book was going to be special. Because it also, I, I forgot to mention, uh, you got the leather case here, but it's it's also autographed on the inside by Glenn Beck somewhere. I don't know where it's at, first page or something. Anyways, it's in there. Uh, and so I really, like, really, really revered this book. And uh, when it came in the mail, I was all excited about it. And I had two copies and everything, and it's all packaged up. And I'd pull it out, and I'd look at it, and I'd, I'd you know, wish that it was mine. But unfortunately, I couldn't afford it because I'm on the Glenn Beck, I mean, on the, the Dave Ramsey program, the budget. So I, I can't buy gifts for myself anymore. But uh, I really looked at these books, and I thought, you know, uh, we got to make sure that we give these to the right people, somebody that would, that would uh, really... Uh, See that went to a great, uh, I don't know, a great trouble to to get them autographed and you know and see these words by Glenn Beck, and um, you just got to keep in mind I didn't read the book I was just like looking at these books and I was thinking you know that it was this great book but I still didn't know what it was about and uh, so anyways um, one day I pulled it out and uh, I thought about reading the book and. Uh, and, and I was looking at it, but I didn't want to crease the holy pages, you know. The, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to ruin it for somebody else's gift. And I really valued who I was going to give this to. And the first one I, I decided we were going to give to was my mother, because I knew she knew who Glenn Beck was, and she knew that all the trouble I'd go to to get it autographed, although it wasn't all that much trouble. I just ordered it. Um, and I thought, you know, she likes novels. I don't really like novels, but she likes novels, and so, you know, she would really enjoy it. And the second one we gave to Grandma. Grandma's here today. And uh, I thought, you know, Grandma likes to read books, and she has uh, a lot of time to read and everything. So I decided, you know, we'll give it to Grandma, and I think she knows who Glenn Beck is. Either way, you know, it was important to me to give to these two people, really important. 
And you got to keep in mind, again, I keep emphasizing, I don't even know what this book is about. Uh, but eventually I did read the book. And uh, I, was in, I was in Tyler. I was getting my, my tires looked at at Discount Tire Company. And uh, if you know where Discount Tire Company is in Tyler, um, Hastings is right across the street, right? So this is where I justify sin. I, uh, I went over to Hastings, and I figured uh, I saw the big display of, of the Glenn Beck Christmas sweater book, and um, I saw it up there, and, and I thought, I thought, okay, I'm going to read the whole book. So I sat down, I, I got in the leather seats or whatever. I think they were leather seats at, at Hastings, maybe not. And I read from book from cover to cover. You know, I read the book, and I thought, you know, uh, I said justifying sin. It's like, well, I own two copies, so. I don't, I don't think Glenn would really care that I read his book in the bookstore because I do own two copies. And, uh, but I don't think the publishers would necessarily agree with me on that one. But either way. Um, anyways, I read the book. And in case you haven't read it, it's the Christmas, the Christmas sweater. And, uh, it was really good. But my point is, I really revered this book without even knowing, uh, how good a book it really was. And I feel like as Christians, um, we tend to do this about, about our walk with Christ. You know, we, we kind of identify ourselves as Christians. And um, we rave about being Christians. Some of us have the little fishy sticker on the back of our cars. You know? We tell people we're Christians. That's just about who we really are. You know? We just think that we're Christians and maybe we don't really know what's in the book, right? Um, how many of us have really cracked open this revered book that we call Christianity and know what the story is really about. I mean, I'm not talking about the Bible here. I'm not talking about, when I say the book, I don't mean the Bible. I mean the book of Christianity. How many of us have really cracked open this revered book that we call Christianity and know what it's really about? I'd venture to say not a lot of us. That's a sad statistic, but I think not a lot of us. Maybe it's different here in East Texas where, you know, a lot of us identify ourselves as Christians. But, uh, if you were to ask a group of Americans if they believe in God, 92% will say that they do. But out of those 92%, only 37% say they go to church on a weekly basis. See, we claim to believe in something, but it doesn't really seem to to line up with our walk. We identify with Christ, but does Christ really identify with us? We say we're Christians, but does Christ identify with us in our walk with Him? Uh, we know that the author of the book is good, and we know enough about the book that we want the important people in our lives to have it, but we don't read it ourselves. I know lots of people that have that have turned away from God over the years, and uh, they tend to turn away and they live for themselves or whatever. But then they have kids, right? And then they think, well, you know, I want my kids to grow up in the church because that it's suddenly important to them. All of a sudden, it it happens. I'm probably you know, there's probably tons of people in this room that are same way. You know, we, we value this idea of Christianity and, uh, it, but we don't really get it sometimes. I think that sometimes we don't, we don't get 
what Christianity is because we've just revered the book for so long and haven't actually read it. We haven't really dug in there. Uh, how are you supposed to see the value in the book if you don't sit down and read it? You don't see the value and you won't know how good the book really is if you don't read the book. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to crack open this metaphorical book and actually see and experience God in a way that is not built on an image, but rather reality. I'll repeat that. Crack open the metaphorical book and actually see and experience God in a way that is not built on an image, but rather reality. A reality of knowing God, not a false sense of who God is, but actually dipping into God and reading for yourself. Back to the metaphorical book. I understand that this book may not be a, may not appeal to everybody. I, for one, would rather read a, a non-fiction book than a fiction book. And there is true parts in this book, by the way. It's good. Um, but I, I tend to go to biographical books and, and informational books. But if you look at my brother, my brother loves to read, and uh, he reads far more books than I do. But he likes novels. He likes to read uh, Dean Koontz and, uh, I don't know, lots of storybooks. You know, likes to, to get into the novels and everything, but we're different. I just, I don't, I, I generally don't get into that sort of thing. And if you look at my sister, you could, you could set my sister in a room of 50 strangers and me also, I'll be in the room also. And, uh, by the end of the night, my sister's gonna be best friends with all 50 people. And you look at me, and I'll probably have said five words to, to anybody at all, all night long. We're just different. It's just the way we were made. She, She's just different than I am. But we're still family. We still belong to the same family. We still have the same blood in our veins and everything. Uh, um, but that doesn't... Let me let me get where I'm following my notes here. I'm losing it here. Uh, we're still in the same family. We still have the same blood flowing in our veins. And just like my sister is different from me, it's okay to be different than your Christian brothers and sisters. And speaking of being different... You know this church is good. It tries not to sell you on any certain image of what a true Christian is. You have a pastor that gets up here in the Hawaiian shirt and uh, and he uh, comes with his jeans and his and his white sneakers. And you got Wes that sits over here. And I don't think Wes owns a pair of socks that aren't white. Honestly, like every time he he can wear dark pants and dark shoes and he still has the white socks on, pulling his Michael Jackson impersonation. And what's the fuzz on his face? You know, is that like, are you trying to grow something, Wes, or, or, or what? I don't, I don't know. It's kind of, it's kind of that in-between stage all the time. So, um, the church comes off as casual. You know, it, it doesn't expect you to dress up. It, it comes off as a church of people who wouldn't fit in in a normal church. And I think your best bet in trying to find out what to wear on Sunday is go to another church and look at the last row and see what everybody's wearing there at another church, and then wear that next Sunday. That's just kind of, that's just kind of our group, you know? I know that's right, baby. You know, we just, we pride ourselves on being different. And, uh, that's fine. Some of us pride ourselves on being more fashionable than others. Some of us are, uh, tattoo friendly. And some of us are tattoo phobic. Uh, but it was Paul who said, I've become all things to all men, so that by all means I might save some. And that's in 1 Corinthians 9 22. What is Paul talking about in the scripture? When I was a little kid, we had these toys, uh, that, uh, we had GoBots and Transformers, right? 
And so now Transformers is kind of uh, going to the next generation. They made a movie recently, and now Transformers 2 is coming up. Um, but we had these, these toys. These Transformers were these robots that kind of played a dual role. As you can see up there, these robots are also cars. And uh, Paul is, uh, is talking about being a Transformer to everybody. He's making Christ sound appealing to every kind of people group so that, as he said, I might save some. He was by all means becoming all things to all people, like a transformer. He was meeting different people's needs by being different things. Uh, So we have this kind of Christian subculture going here. We invite you into our disarray and we expect you to show up to church wearing whatever you want. I like that about this church because I think in... In general, Christians, we put labels on Christianity. There are certain attributes that we attribute to being a Christian. And uh, because it's easy to make Christianity about externals and man-made rules. Those rules and externals make Christians feel pressured into being something that they're not. And it sometimes feels restrictive as a Christian. I don't know if you've been in a church where you just didn't feel welcome because you didn't fit in. You just kind of were the back row Christian that just kind of stood out, you know? You might have long hair. You might have tattoos. Sometimes you didn't use the Christianese language. You didn't use the the right words to fit in. Maybe you watched movies that other people disapproved of. Maybe you like to dance. And that church, particular church, doesn't like dancing. That's fine. You know, it's got to meet different, you got to meet different people in different places, like Paul said. But, uh, I think Satan loves that. I think he likes that we make Christianity confusing. But we do it to ourselves. But here's the, here's the key. John wrote, whoever has the son of, has the son has life. In 1 John 5.12. In that scripture, it doesn't say anything about religion. It doesn't say anything about wearing shorts to the pulpit. But what it does uh, say is that whoever has the Son has life. That's it. You can have the leather-bound case to put the book in that says what the book is in fancy cursive writing, but if you don't have the book, it's worthless. It's nice, you know. But without the book, it's just a piece of leather and cardboard, and it's worthless. I don't, you know, I don't care to have a, a box that has nothing in it. It's just worthless. Now look at this book, and personally, it appeals to me. I like the leather on the outside. I like the, the autograph in it. But I also like the contents of the book. And I'll tell you why I like the contents of the book. Because I can relate to the characters in the book. Um, I can assimilate this idea to Christ. I think the one thing to know about really getting to know Christ and having a relationship with Him is to actually reading the book and not just holding the book is some sort of relatability. You've got to relate to it in order for it to be part of who you are. The one key thing to know about really getting to know Christ and having a relationship with Him is relatability. I told the, the youth this a few weeks back, but I was, I was thinking about Moses 
writing down his memoirs and, and David uh, being obedient and writing down his stuff. I thought about Mark, Luke, and John writing the Gospels. And then, uh, and then you have Paul who wrote, what, two-thirds of the New Testament? Did you ever wonder why, if God is so all-powerful, why he didn't write his own stuff down instead of these scrubs? Yeah. Or even as Jesus, why isn't there a Jesus chapter 5, verse 13? I think if God presented himself that way, we would have a hard time relating to his words. As it is written, I can relate to a man like David who had such a passion for for God, I should say, for God that he's he's out there dancing, you know? And then in the next moment, he's in his flesh and he's sinning. I can relate to that. If God had written the book of God, chapter 2, I might not, I might have missed it. I think I would have been too transfixed on God's handwriting to notice how God related to me through others. Jesus didn't write a book or even start a church, but what he did do was he started a community, a community of people that raise each other up and they teach us, they taught us, they guided us, and uh, they help us see that the love of God uh, through others. See, you have this pretty little leather box with an autographed book inside, and you can read the book, but if you can't relate to the characters in the book, it doesn't mean anything. So my question for you today is, what's keeping you from reading this book? And again, I'm not talking about the Bible. I'm talking about digging deeper into your relationship with Christ. What's keeping you from enjoying this book that we call Christianity? What is it? Obviously, you're here for something. You got here somehow. Something appealed to your better senses. Whether it was the relaxed atmosphere or uh, something inside of you that's been telling you that you're missing something, you're here for a reason. What's stopping you from reaching that next level? I can personally say that I've read the book. And I, I didn't want to put it down. It was a good book. I have to say that once I finally read it and got past the obstacles in my path, uh, I found that it was an easy read. And not only was it an easy read, but it was a pleasurable and fulfilling read. I'm glad I read the book. In closing, I want to I want to challenge you to do something this week. Okay. I told you I told the youth basically the same thing last last Wednesday. I want you to go after God, and it's as simple as this. Every day this week, I want you to do three things. I want you to get alone. I want you to start in prayer, and then I want you to shut up. Get alone, start with prayer, and then shut up. If you don't know God and this whole Christianity thing just doesn't seem real, get alone. Get away from your kids. Get away from your spouse. Go somewhere quiet without distraction. Then start by praying to God. Tell Him about your day. Uh, ask Him to reveal Himself to you. You know, I can... Uh, I can try to talk to my wife when she's at work and I can yell, Amanda! Amanda! But she's not going to hear me because we're just like way too far away, right? But if I pick up the telephone and I call her up and I'm like, Hey, Amanda, what's going on? Then I've got this open line of communication. I've opened up this line of communication with Amanda. So it's the same way with God. 
when you when you start with prayer, you're opening up this line of communication with Him so that you can converse with Him. You can get to know God. But unless you do that, you're not going to know Him. Uh, Amanda and I have a friend that we don't see very often, but when we do see her, she talks. And she talks. And she talks. She talks so much that we can't get a word in and we're left out of a good relationship with her because she does all the talking. So you get alone, you start with prayer, and then you shut up. Don't be so busy about your own stuff that you miss out on letting God talk to you. Don't call God on the telephone, do all the talking, and then hang up before He gets a chance to talk to you. Just get quiet before Him. The more you put into this relationship with Him, the more you're going to get out of it. So here's what I want you to do. Everybody's got the registration cards on the back of your, your listening guide? All right. I need you all to fill that out. Uh, guess, I need you to fill that out so that we can uh, know who you are and everything. And uh, members, we also just want to be able to keep track of who's here and who's not sort of thing. But on the back of the card, uh, remember we were talking about these three things, about uh, getting alone, praying, and then shutting up. Uh, here's, that's my challenge for you this week. So uh, I want you to write down something for me. If you're willing to do this challenge every day this week, get alone, praying, and then shutting up every day this week, I want you to write on the back of your card, I will do it. I will do it. And the reason why is because I think if we can just break out of this funk that we know as Christianity, if we can just quit seeing it as a label and we actually dig in and actually experience God in a real, real way, then it's going to make a difference in our lives in lots and lots of ways. So I want you to write that down. If you're willing to do it, I will do it. Okay? Uh, and then, you know, if, if you don't want to do it and you want to give me a reason why, you're not going to do it, then, uh, uh, then you know, we'll pray about it. We'll pray about it. I'm going, to, I'm going to pray over all these cards, all the people that are willing to do it, saying that they're willing to do it, and we'll pray over it. And we'll, uh, we'll encourage you in prayer on your, uh, on your walk this week because it's a big challenge. It's hard to, to do that. It really is, especially if you have kids, to get <laughs> break free from the kids and your spouse and uh, finding time to just get alone. But that's it's an important thing, and I think... Uh, like last Wednesday, we kind of split up a little bit towards the end, and we just got alone with God. Even though we were all in the room, we got quiet before God. And I asked afterwards, did God speak to you? And uh, let's say out of the, the 13 people that were there, I'm, I'm not sure how many people were here, like 10 of them raised their hand and said God had spoke to them. That was five minutes. It only took five minutes. These, these young people reached God on a new level because they were willing to do it. Imagine if you did that every day this week and then maybe continued it on beyond that.